You're listening to Grassroots Music UK, www.innovationstudios.com. I'm Marcus and I'm here to do another little Q&A session. I was supposed to be recording today. Um, I'm surrounded by all sorts of equipment here in Studio One. There are guitars and mandolins and all sorts of stuff. We were due to be recording um, a little bit more of the Men of Earth album, which is due to be released on the 30th of November, obviously with things the way they are at the moment. Um, we're not sure that that's going to be the, re- the official release date as we've got to take a little bit of a break from recording. So I thought I'd get back in here and take some more of your questions. Um, the Grassroots Podcast, of course, aimed at those of you on a Saturday night, loading your battered old cases into the back of your boot, squeezing everything in like a jigsaw to go off and entertain at your local working men's club or go and, go and work at the King's Head for the night. So as usual, I'll always try and be fair, I'll always try and be honest, I'll always give you my honest opinion. It is only my opinion, so you can take it or you can leave it. Every musician has the best way, and the best way is the best way for them to get the results that they want. But after 30 years in this crazy industry and 30 years of slaving away in rehearsal rooms and studios and live stages, I know a fair bit about this little game of ours, and uh, I'm happy to pass on any advice I can in as much... uh, of a fun way as much as an entertaining way as I possibly can. So without further ado, we're going to take our first question today. And our first question comes from Ken in Langdon. <clears throat> and Ken says, in this crazy business of ours where everything goes ahead no matter what, how do you deal with sore throats and colds and the general worries about uh, being on the road and things like that? Well, um, the best way to deal with a cold, of course, is to not get one. But um, prevention is better than cure, and there are certain things that you can do. Um, if you're a singer, there are lots of people who look after the voice in different ways, but inevitably, sometimes it will happen. And this is a funny, funny business because um, we, we learn from a very early age that the show goes on no matter what. And, um, of course, that's true in many other things. But once you get to a certain level, you, you read about these bands that they... Um, they'll cancel Wembley Stadium on the day because somebody's got a sore throat and they can't sing. And, um, you know, and that's fine. And, and so sort of 80,000 people will get maybe an email or back in the old days used to turn up and there'll be a notice on the gate, on the turnstile, you know, um, with the band might be playing tonight as one of the band members is ill or whatever. And um, it's a funny business because what you, what you often find is, you know, 80,000 people can be cancelled from Wembley Stadium because, you know, the singer's got a sore throat and they'll go home. But if I can't entertain Fred and Margaret at the working men's club on a Saturday night, you know, all hell's going to break loose. So I always feel that the show should go on no matter what. And there are various things that you can do. There there are um, various medications and things that you can do. And I mean good medication. I don't mean you have a shot of everything behind behind the bar. Um, One of the good things that you can do is there there are... um, tablets called vocal zone which you can get in most pharmacies um and um chemists and places like that vocal zone you certainly get them online and they're very good they're they're a bit you know they they burn a bit they're not very nice but they're important and i also just the obvious things don't eat too much chocolate on the day don't eat too much cheese which you shouldn't eat lots of chocolate and cheese anyway if you're gonna be a singer because it builds up mucus and i always say that dairy dairy products it doesn't do you any good so you know, try and steer clear of that. If you've got a show coming up, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we all like a bit of cheese on toast now and again. But if you've got a show, 
on that day. Try not to have too much cheese maybe from the day before. Just just don't if you you know just in case you you get a bit of a cold and all of a sudden it's that little bit worse. But again, everyone's different. Everyone's got different tubes. Everyone's wired a different way. These these are the things I've discovered. And um, so we do what we can to prevent it. And uh, when we drink plenty of water. The other thing to remember about drinking water is it takes probably six to seven, maybe even eight hours to reach the areas that you want it to reach. So it's not just a case of turning up at the show and then saying, okay, well, when I get to the show, um, I'll have a pint of iced water. That's not the case. You need to be drinking water from probably the morning from about 11 or 12. Um, and it might mean that you'll probably be crossing your legs for the, you know, towards the end of the first half or towards the end of the show. But drinking plenty of water on the day, it's good for you anyway, flushes you through. So that's the obvious stuff. Try not to have the, the, the stuff like chocolate. Chocolate sticks to the back of your throat. You know, you get that. Um, I get it sometimes. It's the chocolate cough. And, and you sort of get chocolate stuck at the back of your throat. It makes you cough. Um, so these are the things to look for. Vocal zone are very good. Um, also, they say that you should... Um, I've tried things like gargle with brandy. Um, gargle with it. Don't drink it. Gargle with it and spit it out. Because otherwise you... you be, Staggering to the stage, but that, that burns the back of your throat. That's quite good um, because that's the truth of it. We have to go on. But there are other things that you can do to make your experience of being on stage with a cold or not feeling well easier. There's plenty of um, software and plenty of um, apps if you're using MP3 or whatever you're using. There are plenty of ways of taking the track, your backing track, maybe down half a key, half a step, Um a semitone or whatever, you know, just to give you that little bit more space um, to try and do it. Obviously, a good warm-up is good. If you can warm up, that's fine. But we don't always have time to warm up. It's not always that easy for us to do when we're playing in somewhere. They don't often give us a great dressing room. And we don't, you know, if we start singing in the dressing room. So, um, you know, people come in and ask us if we're all right. Some of it's quite intense. But really... Um, the case is that sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and get through and you just have to find a way. As I say, everybody's wired differently. And I, I always feel that from a singing point of view, if I'm, um, as my dad would say, eaten up with it, um, <clears throat> where I have a, you know, chesty cough and a, a cold and all sorts of stuff, I find as, as painful as it sounds and as uncomfortable as it is, that singing more from the diaphragm um, gets me through because I'm kind of creating air where there isn't air. If I if I take a big deep breath in, it, you know everything that I breathe in kind of picks up all of the mucus and everything. I know it sounds disgusting, but uh, on the way down, and then of course when you come to sing on the way back up again, it brings it all up again. So I find that shallower breathing and using the diaphragm more can help you to find the notes or at least to get something to come out. The worst thing about it is sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you've got to sing from your shoes. Sometimes you've got to shout as much as you can. Sometimes you've just got to find a way. But the, the biggest thing is if you're up there and you're working, then you should be working. You should be finding the best way you can. Take your songs down a semitone if you're able to do that in the afternoon. It'd probably take you an hour, but, you know, it's an hour of sitting in your space or sitting on your laptop, or it's three hours of embarrassment, and that could be the difference, you know. Um, the biggest thing about it as well, I never really subscribed to the, uh, you know, to the miming thing, singing along with a track is, you know, at the end of the day, if you're going to do that, you might as well just play the stuff and sit there and sit with everybody else and have a drink. But, um, 
you know, some some people like to put a guide vocal on there, maybe, uh, and then they sing along with it. And if you get it right, it sounds like a reverb. But you know, I, I if I'm honest, I'm a bit old school, and I don't believe in that. I think if you're if you're pay, paid to perform, you should be at least your vocals alive. I know, obviously, that people make a living, and I'm no exception to um, performing with backing tracks. In my case, I'm lucky enough that um, because I play guitar as well, I'm able to give myself a bit of a rest now and again while playing an instrumental, maybe something by the shadows or something that doesn't have a lot of singing, um, but I can concentrate on the guitar. Um, so it's it's really being a, a clever with what you have. And once you've done it once or twice, um, you find a way. But prevention is better than cure. Plenty of water on the day, but early. Don't be doing it at four or five, six o'clock. Um, you need it to flush you through. And also, uh, vocal zone is good. Gargling with um, brandy or port is good as well, gargling with it. And um, also, just keeping yourself warm as well. You know, even if you're too warm, that's one thing. You know, the the, the thing with not feeling great, and believe me, I've, I've played shows when I don't feel well. I've played shows where the rest of the band are in shirt sleeves and I've played in a coat because I felt so cold, but the show went on. It's a case of you have to entertain. And... Um, Keep yourself warm, maybe a scarf or something in the winter. You know, people have summer colds, that's a bit different. And we do have to deal with stuff like uh, we're human beings. We have to deal with dust allergies. We have to deal with uh, pet allergies. We have to deal with um, flu and we have to deal with uh, hay fever. And all of these things that can get in the way of a good vocal performance. As a matter of fact, I'm a little bit... Um, mucusy today, just just uh, recording this, I'm realising that at the back of my throat I've got a little bit going on, which is uncomfortable to say the least. But that's probably from all the talking yesterday. We had a long recording session yesterday, um, and when you're producing, you're ch- you're chatting and talking, and you know, do you think we should do this? And what about this? And what about that? So, but uh, Ken, thanks very much for your message. Um, good luck in everything you do, mate, and um, hopefully. Once all of this stuff blows over and we're able to get out there again, we'll we'll, uh, catch up somewhere along the line. Maybe we'll bump into each other. Let me know if we do. All the best, mate. I'll chat to you soon. Need help setting up your own home studio? Why not book a consultation online? Here at Innovation Studios, we can help and advise on the best equipment for you, your ideas, your budget, and your space. Maybe even book a home visit. We can help you set up, install and use your software, offering a recording workshop in your very own studio in your very own home, going through techniques and offering advice and guidance to get you up and running. Go to www.innovationstudios.com for further information. This brings us to another question. This one comes from Lee. And uh, Lee Stripe, it says, and Lee says, Hi, Marcus, has it really been 28 years since our first show? What do you remember about it? Wow. Hi, Lee, how you doing, mate? It's not lovely to hear from you, and I hope you're keeping well. Um, what do I remember about it? Pretty much everything. I remember, um, I'll tell you where it was, at Pitsy Leisure Centre, and it was with Wall to Wall, um, and it was, uh, back then it was Pitsy Leisure Centre. I'm not sure what it is now, but it's right in the heart of... Um, by the market and uh, opposite the swimming pool, which is uh, no longer there, I think. Um, and yeah, we we booked it. We decided, you know, we've been playing around in the studio for a while, put the set together, and then it was time to do something with it. So we did a ticket do, didn't we? Played a, a ticket thing. And um, 
yeah, we sold some tickets to friends and family and a few other people. We probably had about 150, 200 people in there. Either we've got a big family or, or lots of friends, but <laughs> there weren't many stragglers in there, put it this way. They, they all seemed to be related in one way or another. And um, yeah, I remember we set up in the afternoon and um, we were setting up in the afternoon, checking the levels and we hired a PA because we didn't have a PA of our own. So we hired that up and, and set that up. And um, yeah, sound check in the afternoon up on the stage. Um, and I remember it being a good show. I've, I've got some of it on video, not lots. My uncle filmed some of it for me, which um, I would like to have seen the whole performance. But um, unfortunately, uh, he, he loved to sort of record half a, half a minute of a song and then just suddenly jump to something else and jump to something else. So we don't have the, the show in its entirety, but um, it's somewhere to start from. And I remember... Um, yeah, I remember we started with Money for Nothing, and I think it's um, by the end of it we were, we were finishing with uh, Rock and Roll Medley, and they were good days, Lee. And, and um, you know, that, that first show and, and the subsequent one the following week, uh, which was I believe was a charity show, they were good days, and, and they set me on the road. That was my first show. I don't know, I'm not sure if you'd played a couple before, but that was my first um, performance. Um, which also preempts another question somebody asked me this week, was where was your first performance? Well, there's your answer. It was there. Although I'd played and been um, rehearsing in bands all the way through sort of 1991 when I was 17. So if you do the maths, you know, I won't tell you how old I am, but let's, let's just say I'm, I'm feeling it a bit. Um, so I'd rehearsed in 1991 right the way through. And then in 92, I'd kind of thought, well, that didn't really go anywhere, that last band. And here, here comes uh, a phone call from somebody who'd, who knew of me, and would I like to join a band? And that was you, Lee. And um, and I, I came along, and uh, we played, and and we just enjoyed it. And, of course, we were like everybody else. We've got to be the next best thing, and we're the best thing ever, and our music's this. And, you know, we had one or two of our own songs. I had a, a song that I'd written, um, which the band put together, which was great. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they were great days and, and they're really, really um, a fun thing to be part of a band. When you're part of a band, you're part of a unit and you're putting something together and you're, you know, you're you're almost family. And you, well, you are family because there are things that happen on the road that, you know, you need to be there for each other. I've said this before, but that's true. But, Lee, I remember a lot about it. I remember that um, I couldn't sleep when I got home and I remember that um, I was nervous all day. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty terrifying. Um, but like everything else, um, we'd put a lot of work in and we were ready. And by the time, you know, that intro music, um, came in and, 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 you know, it was time to go, we were ready to go and we had no doubt about what we were playing and our preparation was good. And, and, um, and it always was, you know, we were always rehearsing, meticulously a lot more than than I I do and probably have done subsequently but at that time when it's all new all you want to do is music and you know two or three hour rehearsal didn't seem like enough you want to do another two hours afterwards and you felt great and you felt able to do more and 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 to keep rocking but I remember that yeah uh I believe it was something like the 28th of November of 1992 and that was the first show the first show that Waterwall played and my first live performance, although I'd done a little bit um, in rehearsal rooms the year before. Um, so lovely to hear from you, Lee. And I hope you're keeping well, mate. And um, once again, stay in touch. Uh, it's always great to hear from old friends. And thanks very much for your uh, other email, which just 
um, congratulated me on the success of, of uh, the album and stuff like that. I really appreciate that, mate. And uh, I'm glad you like what I do. Thank you. Thanks a lot, mate. Next question is from Mike. Mike is in Greys. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? And Mike's just said, when I'm recording at home, um, do you ever do more? What he's actually worded is, do you ever do more than double track for rhythm guitar? That's how he's asked the question, Mike. So, do I ever record more than one track for rhythm guitar? Now, there's an old trick that um, some studios use, and I don't know whether they still use it, but I try and use it um, if I can sometimes. I try and double mic if I can. Um, you know, usually one uh, one somewhere around the um, bridge. And try not to put the mic in front of the sound hole because you get feedback. But I try and put one microphone kind of pointing um, um, at the bridge and um, sort of towards the sound hole. And then the other one may be around the, the 12th, 13th, 14th fret, something like that, and kind of point that backwards. But um, all guitars are different when it comes to micing them up, and, and you'll know when you get it in the right place. They, they all resonate in a different way. So you have to find the, the best result. And you'll know when it's right. You'll get that nice, rich sound. Um, but what they used to do um, when when I first started in studios, which is you know, 25 years ago, and I've done it a few times since in other studios, so I'm assuming they still do it, is that if they had, uh, they would sometimes mic you up and take a DI from the guitar as well. And what they would do would, would be to use the microphone um, on one side of the mix and then to use the DI on the other side of the mix because you had effectively double-tracked guitar um, and also what I've found as well sometimes it, it's good to um, there are various things that you can do but sometimes it, it, to save time and, 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 and this this is again if you've got the time you do it properly but sometimes if you're trying to get a nice acoustic sound what, what can be really nice is if you uh, if you double-track the acoustic guitar and record it once and in order to double-track it what you do is you just take the wave from the second guitar and and to very slightly move it um, so it's either a, a fraction ahead or a fraction behind but we're talking fractions we're talking what they call a nats here but in order that it sounds like two acoustics being played um, and you will end up with that um, double tracked sound so it's a time thing if a band come in and they want to record or somebody wants to record an acoustic guitar and they're giving themselves a weekend to do it. And I'll often say, right, you want two acoustics on this, what, are they both playing the same? And they'll say, yeah. So, And if both acoustics are playing the same or you need a double-tracked acoustic, you can record the acoustic once and you can still mic it twice if you like, you double mic it. But some acoustics react well to one microphone. Um, so again, it's finding a sweet spot, but you can take a DI from the acoustic and put that in the left channel. You can take a, a mic'd, sound and put that in the right channel and then you can eq both and get the a, a different sort of sounding guitar that way alternatively you can double mic the acoustic and then you can split the signal left and right you know by duplicating what you've already got and if you separate it to left and right and move one of them a fraction so that it's just the gnats behind the other one and you've got two uh, you know a double sounding acoustic apart from anything else it has like a double sound to it but also um it has sometimes a chorusy sound. It cleans up the acoustic sound a bit, and you don't need to add reverb always because it's there's such a nice um, sound between those two guitars. So the answer is um, you can either double mic, you can DI an acoustic and mic it. You should always mic an acoustic. Acoustics are not made for 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 direct input. They're basically direct input was created for live performance, where once you get it going through a ton of 
speakers and stuff like that. And once they get a bit of phaser on it and get all the right EQs on it, it doesn't sound too bad. But it will never sound like an acoustic unless it is mic'd. And the other thing with that as well is getting a good sound on an acoustic, which one or two of you has asked, have asked about. It depends on the acoustic. It, it depends on the player. But I find sometimes um, a lighter plectrum as well. So you get the raspier sound. Um, sometimes you can get a raspier sound. I'll try and give you an example. I'll try and give you an example. So what I've got is just my general acoustic. Probably not tuned very well, but here it is. So I've got quite a heavy plectrum here. Um, and if I play it with a G, there's quite a nice sound. But if I use a very light pick, on it, which I'm searching for now, that will add a little bit of rasp. That adds a bit more to it. So when we get that sound. So just having that raspy sound gives it that Pac-Man effect, which can tidy up the mix and bring the percussive side of it out to you. I hope that helps you. Uh, apologies if the sound went a bit funny there, but I try and demonstrate in the best way I can. And if that's grabbing an acoustic or grabbing an instrument, then I'll, I'll do that. Music tuition online. Have your guitar, bass, mandolin, vocal tuition, even production live online. One-to-one -one tuition via Skype or alternative streaming media. Learn from the safety of your own home. For further information, please contact us at Innovation Studios at www.innovationstudios.com. And next question comes from Lorraine in Benfleet. Hello, Lorraine. How are you doing? Lorraine says, hi, Marcus. Hope you're well. Where do you find the most inspiration? Um, life, I think, is probably the best answer that I can give you. I think... Um, this is always the argument that I have with people I work with. Um, and that is, there are two schools of thought um, when it comes to finding things, uh, finding ideas or working on uh, songs or working on new material or anything that you do, whatever you're doing. But life is always a great inspiration. Um, you know, just, just your experiences. But it's being clever as, as, a, as a songwriter. You, you don't want to say, you know... Um, I was with Sarah and she broke my heart. So you, you kind of have to, you don't name names, but you take the feeling of it. I think I said this before, but you do. You take the feelings of how it felt and you try and sum it up. And I think that's the, the biggest key to it. But inspiration is always, uh, there are two, two arguments. One of them is inspiration and one of them is perspiration. So you can sweat on something for ages until you think it's right, which is a good way of doing it. Um... But also, when it comes to making a new album, I mean, where I am at the moment, I've 20 Forever came out uh, in uh, June of, of 2020. Um, and I already have my 10 songs for the next album, Lonely in a Crowded Room. But I'm already thinking ahead of, um, you know, what the next album is going to be about or what it's going to be called. I try and get an album title fairly early because I, I do love a nice album title. Um, if I, you know, the storm before the calm, 20 forever, it's just, 
you're trying to come up with something. And if you can come up with something strong, then, um, you know, sometimes the album will, quote, unquote, write itself because you'll have such a strong idea. It's, it's a bit like if you have a really good plot for a horror film, it just will write itself because you think, okay, well, I, I know how it's going to start. I know it's going to end. And, and the idea is so strong. Um, I take most of my inspiration from things that I see or things that I hear. And, and that's often, um, in my case, people I've been around or, or um, loved ones or friends. But sometimes you'll have an argument or something. You'll be having a, an argument with your other half or something because it does happen even to me. And... Um, and, and, and they'll say something, you'll say, no, I, I heard you. And they'll say, no, you heard, but you didn't listen. And all of a sudden you go, well, there's a great idea there. Um, and I, I like uh, phrases um, like daring to be different. And I like phrases, you know, like six of one, half a dozen and the other, which I always thought would be a really great uh, album title with, you know, with, with to have 12 songs on six, uh, you know, a duo or something, six, six of one, half a dozen and the other. It may have been done, to be fair, but I don't remember it being done. Um, and I like things like that. I, I, uh, I, I just like phrases. So often um, you'll find, you know, um, a, a song I'm working on at the moment is called Building a Bridge. And it's just easy. You know, I'm not going to lie about that. It's easy listening. It hasn't gone anywhere yet. It's in the very early stages. But when I, all, all I did was to sing along with a few chords I was playing. And I had this uh, idea for a chorus that went, we're building a bridge, building a bridge. And um, all of a sudden, you, it's then, what bridge are you building? You know, you, you, we're not talking about, um, you know, we're not talking about a, a proper bridge. We're talking about a bridge between two people. And then are they friends? Are they lovers? So that's where you start being a storyteller. And that's where you start saying, well, okay, look, this song is about building a bridge. But is it building a bridge between family? Is it building a bridge between loved ones? Is it is it building a bridge between, you know, a work colleague or whatever? How how can I, you know, how can I uh, interpret that? So you have to kind of take the, the feelings. The other thing as well, Lorraine, is just go with the flow. Um, just find, you know, it doesn't matter if the first few drafts of what you write down are silly or they don't make any sense. I think it's more important that you, you have a, a song in a, um, again, quote unquote, finished form. So you've demoed it and you've got words. And even if it doesn't make sense, even if you're la la your way through or it's just a guide vocal, you then have a template that you can work from. My Most of my inspiration is just life. I made a conscious decision when, um, because the, I mean, the first, the first wall-to-wall album, uh, 1998, and um, which was Ugly Village Hall. If you've ever been to Ugly Village Hall, and I've, I have been there, um, the first album was Ugly Village Hall in 1998, and my brother wrote the songs on that. So although I had an input, I didn't um, actually sort of... My inspiration for that was musical. Uh, the second um, album, uh, Men That Used To Be, came out in 2001. And again, uh, my brother Steve wrote the songs on that. My first solo effort was 2001 on a, just an album made for myself called Downside Up, which again was uh, was a play on words. Um, and it was okay, and then I, I, I kind of did... The, so my, my first real uh, attempt at doing something that was purely me and purely uh, new and fresh in my mind, at least, was the Matching album in 2016, uh, Live Here, Die Here. And the idea of that was I made a conscious decision that I didn't want to write any songs about love. 
um, or loss. And ultimately, I think there is a song on there that's about, uh, yeah, Nothing Left Inside is about um, a breakup of some description, but it's not, it's an angry one. It's not uh, the love and loss um, thing. But I consciously kind of decided I wanted to write some songs. And my inspiration was from things around me. Um, Play It Down was really just about having a go at politicians. Um, who doesn't? So that's nothing original, if I'm if I'm totally fair. Um, nothing Left Inside was about an argument. Um, and uh, But probably the strongest song on there for me uh, is a song called um, How. And it's, uh, I believe it's track two. And track, uh, track two, How. And, and that's a, a lovely little ditty about... Um, assisted suicide and making that decision and it just so happened I was sat um, when I was writing the lyrics and there was a program on about it and I believe um, it was called Simon's Choice but it was on BBC Two and it was absolutely uh, so sad and so um, uh, so touching but I remember at one point the nurse said to him it's, all, it's okay for you but think but what about the people you're leaving behind Um and it was very, very strong stuff. And when I started writing the lyrics, I thought, you know, th- these these were the things that were being said or suggested. You know, how do you sleep when you when you when you don't want to dream? Um, how can you laugh when you want to cry? And um, it was, you know, so so that's lyrically what that was about. That's the inspiration. Um, the perspiration side of it is when you just have to write a song, when someone will say to you, you need to write the song this week. And sometimes I'll get commissioned a song. Someone will say, can you do it? You know, can you, I need a song for this new YouTube piece I'm doing. Or maybe one of the wrestling promotions I work for will say, we need a new walk-on piece for one of our characters. And then you have to do it. And this is the difference between um, being a songwriter um, and not being a songwriter. It, it's being able to do it when you don't feel like doing it. It's being able to find something and to make it happen when it isn't there. And that applies to all things in life that, that, you know, to be fair, that's, that applies to everything in life, but really, and realistically, when you're a songwriter is when you can create something good and only only good, not the best thing ever, because that tends to be inspiration. But when you can create something that's still good and still stands up when you've had to do it, um, so when that happens now and again, I, I often like it. And and, and uh, one of the wrestling promotions will say, we need, we've got this character and we need a real power piece for him and or her sometimes. Um, can you come up with something a bit powerful, a bit driving, you know? And, and I'll say, okay, send me a picture of them or send me a link to one of their matches or something and I'll have a look. And then I, I sort of look at their mannerisms and I'll say, okay, he's a big guy, so probably a nice big, slow, power, powerful sort of walking... Uh, thing would be quite good um and and then i'll create something that i think kind of works with what i see um but when they do that there are some weeks that i'll come in here and, and i might get the phone call maybe on the monday um and then i might come straight in and maybe i, I usually let it digest for a while i'll get the phone call on monday or something and i think okay i make a few notes watch a few bits and then make a few notes of maybe because i know a little bit about wrestling I, i've never done it myself um but uh I, I watch how they move and I think, okay, you know, if they're high energy, if they're running about, then I think that's a faster piece. If, if it's, uh, if they're, you know, slow and methodical and it's a, 
a slower piece. I mean, I'm not trying to write the new theme for The Undertaker, I can promise you that much, but for those of you that know, um, but you are trying to kind of create something. And there, the point I was coming to um, was that there are some days when I, I get the phone call on a Monday, by the Tuesday afternoon, it's done. And there are some times when somebody will say, I've got this idea, I need a theme tune for a, a YouTube movie I'm making. Um, and they'll send me the characters and I'll, I'll get that on the Monday. And they want it by the Saturday. And on the Thursday, I'm still sweating over it. I'm still trying to say, well, I've got half of something. And then you're waiting for inspiration. What you try and do is inspiration kind of comes to you and it's it's almost unedited. It's a bit like a computer that doesn't have any any uh, RAM, literally, it doesn't doesn't uh, compress anything, it literally comes to you straight away, and there's nothing to get in the way, and sometimes you, you kind of, a bit like the sun, it's a bit like the sunlight, it kind of, there are some days when the, the sky is blue, and you just, the sun is there all day, and you can sit out in it, you can get sunburnt, you can come back in, but there are other days when you only get a little bit of sun, and you have to move your chair around the garden to kind of get... Um, as you know, as much of the of the sun as you can, and songwriting can be a bit like that—the perspiration side of it. When you're trying to find something, and the sun won't come out, and it peeks out from behind the cloud, and you go, "Right, I'm going to move my chair in that direction and just take what I can from that ten minutes um, of sun." Oh, it's gone behind the cloud again. Right, where's it going to? Why is it going to appear next? Oh, it's over there. And sometimes. Metaphorically, you have to move your chair, which means maybe changing a chord progression or changing an instrument or changing a lyric or changing a melody to kind of go with the sun. And you have to kind of make it make it work. I know that sounds a little bit heavy, but that's how that's who I am. And that's how I describe things. It is like that. On the days when the sky is blue, you can write songs all day. Simple as that. You know, the ideas will come to you and you jot it down. And there's a song on... Um, on the Men of Earth album called Tick of a Clock, and, and I swear it was 10 minutes, from start to finish, 10 minutes. And uh, I, I consider it to be one of the best songs on the album, but I would, it's mine. But I honestly do, I think it's a, a, a lovely little song, and I'm proud of it. And also, Lorraine, sometimes it feels like someone else has written it. That's when you know it's good. Um, but you will sort of, oh, is, is that, has that been done before? Because it sounds like something else. Usually, it isn't that isn't the case. It's just that good that you don't believe you've done it. So that's how it can go sometimes. Um, but inspiration can be found in a, in a million different ways. And I think some people use music for therapy in as much as it's therapeutic. Rather than writing a diary or having a diary that they keep, they're able to just pour their feelings out and um, pour them out into a song. And I always say, if you don't get too personal, don't name names and upset people, you know, then you'll always be okay and it'll always do you some good to get these feelings out. My inspiration just comes from everything I see, everything I hear, um, and it's being clever. It's, um, you know, writing, taking the feeling of writing about uh, something. It, it's funny how you could write a song about uh, maybe a milk float or something, you know, because, but it, it's not that you're saying, oh, it was lovely and, the, you know, it had loads of milk on the back. It, it's more about who was driving it, what they meant to you, how you waited on the corner for it to come around the corner or or whatever. You know, a song called, you know, for instance, if you write a song called Dad's Bicycle or something like that, it wouldn't be about my dad went out on his bicycle. It would be, you know, Harry used to look after it and then he got to a point where 
he could no longer clean it or, or he couldn't ride it properly and it stayed sort of chained to the shed for a while. So it can be about an inanimate object, but the feeling is about the sadness that comes with them no longer being able to ride it or anything like that. So inspiration comes from being clever, from being imaginative, but it, most of all around it comes from being around life and um, enjoying life and kind of just making a note. Benny Hill always had a pen and paper. If he saw something he could make a joke out of, he would do it. Always have your phone by your bed and wake up sometimes, you'll dream a melody, get it down, sing it into a dictaphone, sing it into your phone. So you've got it, come back to it the next day. Um, There are a million ways to write the song, but um, inspiration, that's a different thing. Sometimes you'll sweat, sometimes you won't, Lorraine. And that about wraps it up for this week. Um, once again, thank you for your questions. Um, pleasure as always to answer them. I hope you took a lot from today and I look forward to um, hearing from you again next week. Don't forget you can send your questions to um, innovationstudios at gmail.com and you can visit the Innovation Studios uh, website at www.innovationstudios.com for more advice. If you have any questions for next week, send them to me. I will go through them. I don't filter them. I try and answer as many as I can. And I try and um, be honest in all of the answers that I have. Lovely to speak to you. If you are going through the lockdown at the moment, and I'm sure most of you are, look after yourselves. Keep listening. And if you're strumming a guitar and you need to, you're writing songs and you need help or advice or some you need to book a, a recording session and get them out of your system, let me know. All right. A pleasure as always. I will see you all next week. Bye-bye for now.